Welcome back to Mama Mystery. I am your host, Kelly. And I am just the co-host, Austin. And today we are coming at you with episode 133. If you're watching on um, Facebook, we are live in our private Patreon group. This is an exclusive group just for our Patreons. It's one of the benefits of being a Patreon, but um, I'm using that as a segue into um, the fact that we are going to start like exploring some new equipment and new platforms and like it's about to get big you guys it's gonna get so much better and bigger than it already is and I'm excited um about all these like new developments that we're coming up with Kelly's blowing up that's what's really happening because of all you Kelly's blowing up we are blowing up. Um, and we are going to record an episode about our New York trip and um, all of that. That was so exciting. And I can't really say much about it right now. Although when the time comes, I will tell you all um, what we did and where you can watch it. <laughs> but that'll be probably like after the summer. So. And if you're new here, Mama Mystery is where Kelly tells me all about true crime. Mm-hmm. She does like 60 hours of research, writes this fantastic script. She's an English major, has a great voice, and I just come <laughs> crashing in with dumb comments. And ice. Ice, ice. noisy, noisy Remember food and noisy where I drinks. Spilled my drink. Yes. That was funny. Let's get into the show. All right. So, to start out, we're going to talk about Courtney Clenny. Have you ever heard of Courtney Clenny? Be honest. No. Mm. Well, she's an OnlyFans model, so you better say no. Hold on. There was a thing on Barstool a little while back about some OnlyFans model that stabbed somebody. That's this? That's what we're talking about. I saved it because I was, I was, I'm yelling. I saved it because I was going to, I like, I have these ideas sometime of like, ooh, I'll surprise Kelly by knowing about a case, and then I forgot about it. <laughs> but I know a little by bit. By like knowing all the details. All I know is that she's an OnlyFans model. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But that is kind of how the um, headlines and everything present this story is OnlyFans model accused of murder, basically. And, you know, with that, I pretty much gave it away. But there is a lot behind the scenes that I think you need to know. Her trial is upcoming, um, and so it has not started yet. However, I think by the end of this episode, you're going to have a strong opinion about what the outcome of this trial will be. Are you sure my mic's on? I'm positive. Okay. You've been doing this a minute, so I'll trust you. Thank you. All right. Courtney Clenny was born on April 21st of 1996 to her parents, Deborah and Kim. Kim is her dad's name. So just to clear up any confusion. She grew up in Texas with her sister, Morgan, and she had a very comfortable upbringing, with some people even suggesting that the girls were pretty spoiled. Her father, Kim, worked as a financial advisor. I'm not sure what mom Deborah did, but growing up, the girls were very active in sports. Courtney played soccer and volleyball. She was also a gymnast. She was on the dive team. She loved riding horses, and she was also an active member of her school's drama club. So after high school, she continued her active lifestyle by becoming a certified personal trainer while also competing in fitness competitions. And as she posted her physique online, she garnered a lot of attention. And she soon realized that this could become a lucrative career for her. So she continued posting flattering images of her body and grew her following on Instagram to over 2 million. She then changed her name on social media from... 
Courtney Clenny to Courtney Taylor and moved out to LA to pursue modeling. She was featured in Playboy magazine and a few other projects. Her opportunities began to grow along with her following on social media. So in 2020, OnlyFans, which had only been around for like four years at this point, really took off after celebrities like Cardi B and Bella Thorne joined the platform during the COVID-19 pandemic. So for some time, the site was primarily a subscription-based social media platform where content creators could charge a monthly fee to view their content. And that content ranged from fitness routines to music to makeup, etc. Well, then came a shift in the content creation to more of a NSFW or a not safe for work type of content. And the site became saturated with pornographic content creators. It's a corn site. It's a corn site. Within 24 hours of creating her account on OnlyFans, Bella Thorne claimed that she made over $1 million and then nearly $2 million within that first week. I told you the other day, Karina Kopf made, or Kopf, whatever her name is, a million bucks in a day. Oh, right, right. Stupid. I just, uh, who, I, I, there, I have so many questions. I have so many questions. I would sell feet pics for money. Do you think those would do well? You have cute feet. He has a little birthmark on his toe. You guys, you should see it. It's cute. Maybe I'll put it on our Instagram story because it's the cutest toe. It's like a little freckled toe with a birth. I've never seen a birthmark on a toe. It's very cute. My grandma used to tell me, looks like a bird shit on it. It's really nice, grandma. Okay. And then I was self-conscious about it. Didn't want to go roller skating because I had to take my shoes off. That's really sad. And I love your toe. I suck on them all the time. What? <laughs> just kidding. I don't do that. People can see. They see. I just looked at you like, what the hell? People who were watching. I don't do that. That's gross. Um, but anyway, OnlyFans. Who knew? It was so lucrative. So anyway, naturally, when Bella Thorne came out telling everyone how much she made, people started flocking to the site. It was very appealing to a lot of users on social media, especially during the pandemic when a lot of people were just stuck in their houses without work anyway. So Courtney created an account on OnlyFans and within her first year made more than $1 million in revenue from that site alone. The following year in 2021, Courtney made an astonishing $1.8 million on OnlyFans. In the midst of her rising success, Courtney met a man named Christian Obumselli, who went by the nickname Toby, but I'm going to refer to him as Christian throughout the episode. So Christian was born on April 12th of 1994, and he grew up in Dallas, Texas. Growing up, Christian played football and basketball, and he was very well-liked by his classmates and his teammates. He had a radiant personality, and his joy was infectious. To know him was to love him, truly. While he was in high school at Plano East Senior High School, he played middle linebacker for the football team, and his extraordinary skills earned him a scholarship to go on and play at Abilene Christian University. And then from there, he transferred to Texas Tech, where he studied engineering. So he was really, really smart. Super smart, dude. Good at He's a good athlete. Yeah, great athlete. And despite this big, intimidating exterior that would come with the position of a linebacker, Christian was incredibly lovable and gentle. He was literally like a big teddy bear. 
But beyond all of that, he was also exceptionally smart. He was fascinated by the world of cryptocurrency at a young age, and as he got older, he developed a unique understanding of that financial realm. He had a knack for trading crypto, and he earned himself a really comfortable living that way. And then he met Courtney. When the pair met, they had an instant connection, and once they hit it off, they were inseparable. They quickly moved in with each other after finding an apartment in Austin, Texas, but once that honeymoon phase wore off after a few months, Christian's friends noticed a bit of a change in him. This once bright, smiling teddy bear had become withdrawn and often anxious or stressed. Courtney became very controlling and often got upset with Christian over some of the most mundane things. She was deeply insecure, whether she wants to admit it or not, and she didn't like it when Christian was away, even if he was just with his friends. It's interesting. Can I stop you? Yeah, go ahead. It's interesting that she's deeply insecure Mm -hmm. because just like the psychology, I'm not saying about just about her, okay? Mm -hmm. These chicks that go on and... They post like this. Mm-hmm. To know they're insecure is just interesting. Don't you think? Yes, I do. I think it it plays on the whole fact that social media is everyone's highlight reel and they only post what they want you to see. And if she's not posting the ugly sides of her, then all that anyone can ever see are these flattering images mm-hmm. and it's not genuine. Also, the power of the Punani. Oh, Seriously, it's crazy. This dude's this super bright dude and has this bright future and everything. And then Power of the Punani comes along, and this is nuts. Okay, well, let me just stop you there, because I understand how maybe at first that would entice him, you know, her physical appearance and maybe their sex life was exciting. Like, I'm not denying that that probably played a part, but as you'll see as I continue to tell this story, she was incredibly manipulative. And... So often we hear about these domestic violence relationships and it's always the man who is the abuser and the manipulator and the narcissist. It's very rarely that the tables are turned. This is one of those cases though, where the tables are turned and she very much took advantage of a very soft hearted and maybe vulnerable man. She manipulated him and I'll get into all of that, but I just want to make that clear because I understand you don't know that because you don't know the stories before I tell you. Tell All them I to know you. is from a guy's point of view, he got involved because of Punani. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm really trying to help you here because I feel like people are going to come for you for saying that for saying this, you know. But there's actually a way deeper level here, which is the fact that she was abusive and narcissistic and manipulative. And I am here for it to listen. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. I'll We're just, just going to move on because apparently I'm just, it's my words are what falling you're on deaf ears. It's all accurate, and I'm sure it's going to all unfold very well. Sure. We can both be right. You can be right in the beginning, but as time went on, for it, sure, it became way more than just that. For sure. Okay, great. Let's keep going. So his friends reported times when they witnessed the hostility firsthand, and they were taken aback when Courtney would scream at Christian at the top of her lungs in front of them. And there were even some instances where she would hit him in the chest in front of his friends. And if she was willing to behave like that in public, in front of people, how was she behaving behind closed doors? 
So Courtney's issues were only intensified when she'd been drinking, of course. She started developing a habit of going out and hitting up clubs and bars, drinking more than she could handle, and with this, she caught two separate DUI charges. Not only that, but police were also called multiple times on the couple for various instances of domestic violence. During one incident in Las Vegas, police were called after one of the arguments got so out of hand, Courtney threw a glass at Christian's head. So she was arrested and taken to jail where she was interviewed. And then Christian on the other side was refusing to press charges and (sighs) what? Just that. Well, yeah. And it gets worse through tears. He was literally crying, begging them to just release her, to not press charges. He didn't want to do this. Like, Hmm. and that just breaks my heart because I think that truly Christian loved Courtney. Mm -hmm. And he was really trying to navigate this difficult relationship that he so badly wanted to work out. I think he loved her despite a lot of her flaws and tried to like work through those with her. And I mean, he, he lost in the end and it just, that really sucks. I just make that noise. Cause it's like in every domestic abuse situation, it seems to be like that. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's like, I'm not going to press charges cause I love them and they'll change. And, never usually works. Right. Yeah. It's the tale as old as time. It happens quite often. So after that incident in Las Vegas, the couple decided to create a fresh start by moving to a new city. So they agreed to move from Austin, Texas to Miami, Florida. And in January of 2022, they found an apartment listed for $10,000 per month. Isn't that crazy? $10,000 a month seems like an exorbitant amount of money to pay for only 1,634 square feet. And where was it? Miami, Florida. Man. It's in like a high-rise apartment. But this was really Courtney's element. And here in Miami, she could work on taking her career to the next level. So during an interview with the We in Miami podcast, Courtney boasted that She knew she was toxic, but that she hated being controlled, and she had a special affinity for rich black men, but she was oddly proud of her controlling toxic behavior, and rather than find any issue with it and choose to grow, she only allowed it to fester and get worse as she continued partying and then becoming a fixture in the bar and club scene of Miami, and I really think this just shows how immature she is, and it really bolsters the claim that she was spoiled, that she was never faced to be held accountable or faced to faced with the consequences of her actions growing up. And that just kind of snowballed into a really toxic adult. So this was evident in another one of their many fights when Courtney became so enraged with Christian that she threw all of his belongings off the balcony of their high rise apartment. And then in an effort to win him back, she bought him thousands of dollars worth of Louis Vuitton to win back his affection. Now, this is a common manipulative tactic in toxic relationships like this, and it's called love bombing. Love bombing is this tactic that manipulative people use to win someone over, typically with extreme acts of affection, these huge gifts and these just outrageous acts of love. And in this case, Courtney is love bombing Christian to win him back after knowing that she messed up. So rather than just take accountability for her actions and actually work to change, she acknowledged she was wrong and tried to fix it with love bombing. 
And this is where things really take a very concerning turn. In October of 2021, during one of their volatile arguments, Courtney stabbed Christian in the leg. The very next day, Christian sent Courtney this text. It says, quote, the crazy thing about all of this is that yesterday when you fucking stabbed me in the fucking leg, you saw how fucking bad it was hurting me and how I couldn't walk. I couldn't do shit. And you were telling me, I wish I could take your pain away. I wish it was me and not you. The next morning, I still woke up happy. I still gave you a good day, even though my leg was hurting because my girlfriend stabbed me. So you're telling me you can't do the same thing the next day. You say, whatever happened last night, today's a new day because that's what I do for you. I woke up happy. I took you to Vegas to get your shit, drove right back, helped you shoot, drank with you, did blow with you just so you're having a great day. And I'm all, I'm doing all this while my leg hurts so fucking bad. Did I make you feel like shit for stabbing me? No, I just sucked it up and hoped tomorrow would be better. End quote. Man, what an unhealthy, like everything. I mean, this is the epitome of toxic. She stabbed him in the leg, stabbed him in the leg. I mean, the thing is with these relationships, when there is no effort being made to change, nothing will change. It will only get worse. Mm-hmm. So whatever you allow is what will continue. And by him allowing her to stab him in the leg, we see that it only got worse over time. Mm-hmm. In February of 2022, the couple got into another fight, and part of it was captured on video from the elevator of the complex. And in this video, which I posted to Instagram, if you want to check it out, but this is like a very viral video that has gone around. In this video, you see Courtney enter into the elevator and then Christian comes in right after her. And the moment he enters the elevator, she just starts wailing on him. She's hitting him. I've seen this. Yeah. She's throwing punches. She's grabbing at his hair and at his braids. She's pushing him. And the entire time, he is just trying to get her away from him. He never once hits back. He's just trying to keep her at a safe distance. He's like putting up his arm to kind of like push her away. But he's still, this is a big dude. He could have killed her if he wanted to, honestly. But he never does. He always shows restraint and just keeps her at a distance. And in this video, there's no audio involved, but we do have audio from later events. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But like I said, he never hits back. He just keeps a safe distance and she swings at him the entire way up to their apartment until they get out of the elevator. Their fights got so out of control that they were being threatened to be kicked out of their apartment just two months after moving in. Multiple people complained about their fighting, her screaming, the disturbances that she was making to the complex. And in some of those recordings that Christian secretly captured on his phone, you can hear Courtney screaming at him and she legitimately sounds possessed. I can't even imagine living next door to that, let alone living with that. But here is a clip of just one of many of their arguments. Baby, please. Just get in the core. Dude, please. I'm sorry for calling you stupid. You will never hear me doing that. It was not right for me to do that. Please, baby, don't kill yourself. You will never protect me. I will. Somebody I... was being horrible to me. Hey, just you tell defended me. them. Okay, just me. tell me in the car. Get, get away from me. Get away from me. Get away from me. Stay here. You're going to... See? Your dogs are here. 
my dog. Stop hitting me. Shit. You are still because you let my dog. Because I'm doing it for you. My dog. My bad. Me. My dogs are okay, more important. Okay, my bad. I'm just making. No, not your bad. Give me something. Give me something better than my I'm bat. sorry. Okay, Courtney, just stop. Don't it. ever do that again. Okay, just stop it. It's okay. Stop. My God. Like, hearing her scream, I see what you mean by you sound possessed. She mm -hmm. sounds possessed. But then, how about the, like, I don't know what I want to call it, like, the nerve to say, say you're sorry. And then he's saying my bad, and she says, that's not good enough. And he's like, I'm sorry. It won't happen again. Whereas you know if he did something, or you know if she did something, if he ever came at her like that, right. it's just, it's just, we don't even have to know them. You can tell by the dynamic. Mm -hmm. If we ever came, if she ever came at him like that, you know what I mean? It was just, the, it's total double, double standard. For sure, yeah. And it's it's very disturbing to listen to. Because, yeah, if, you, if the roles were switched and this was a man screaming at a woman like that, like, oh. game over. But... Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost hard to decipher the two voices because she sounds like a man yelling at, gosh, I don't know. It's just awful. And, I mean, that is what he was dealing with every time she would get just so out of control. I mean, that's the best way to say it is she is literally out of control. So on March 5th, the couple got into another fight and Christian sent this chilling text to Courtney. It says, quote, just letting you know I woke up feeling like shit and feeling stupid. Not like stupid as in our relationship, but stupid as in what as in what I told you the other day. Is love going to kill me? End quote. Wow. And real quick, something I didn't comment on, we didn't say about that recording. Threatening to kill herself. Mm -hmm. That, when you hear that in a relationship, mm -hmm. it's just... You know it's trouble. It's when so it's manipulative. In regard, in right. Not manipulative regard. It's like, no way. Because you're using it as a weapon. You're not really saying it because you're actually suicidal. You're using it as a form of punishment to someone else. Yep. And that's really unfair. So in that same text, he goes on to say, quote, I have sacrificed my pride and my ego, sometimes telling myself how I don't need to win. Hey, just let her have her way. Say sorry right now and mean it, even if she asks you to sincerely or with a threat, end quote. And then he refers back to how February was the worst month of his life. He said, quote, I got cheated on. I got called that word again. I got slapped in my stitches that have reopened multiple times and is not healing fast enough, end quote. So during mo multiple fights, she would refer to him as the N-word because he is a black man. And <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is just insanely toxic. In a cell phone clip that was recorded on March 5th, Courtney can be heard saying, quote, I'm actually fucking not having a good day where I actually literally fucking want to kill you, but you don't take me seriously, end quote. Now, thank God some of these are recorded and that we have evidence of this. Um, and I mean, I'll kind of touch more on that later. But at this point, the couple had only been living in their apartment for two months and the police had already been to their apartment twice within with at least 12 calls being made to 911 within just a few weeks. It's just out of control. So by the end of March, the couple finally decided to call it quits but they had broken up and gotten back together so many times. It's hard to say if this really could have been the last time, but Courtney 
had her mom come up to Miami to help her with the process of getting Christian out of the apartment, even though it was equally his. He had been living there just as long. The apartment was just as much his as it was hers. After about a week, Courtney's mom left for Texas, and Christian and Courtney were left to settle the rest of their affairs with Christian intending on moving out of the apartment. He'd been sleeping on a sofa for a while at this point, but on April 2nd, they got into a violent argument again, and this time the concierge of the apartment complex called 911. So at first, Courtney asked him not to call 911, but then when police arrived, she was adamant about telling them her story. She was talking over everyone who was trying to give their statement about what happened. She was acting erratic and unhinged. There's body cam footage of it on uh, YouTube if you want to look at it. Um, And then she asks police how to get a restraining order. She said that she broke up with Christian and wants him out of the apartment, but that she wants to be the first one to get a restraining order because she knows he's going to try to beat her to it. And then she even says something along the lines of like, I don't know, I guess I just want to be like exonerated of doing anything wrong, I guess. Like in this, they're standing in the lobby. Like, honey, do you know what exonerated means? Like, you're not even using that word right. You just sound so dumb. And your erratic behavior just screams that you are the problem. You are the issue. And I truly believe that the police could see it because they were getting fed up with her throughout the video. They're like, stop talking. Let this person talk. We heard your side. Let them talk. But she's just so controlling. She can't even help herself. She's a nightmare. I bet she's a nightmare. She started making all this money. It just, I mean, money magnifies who you are. Mm-hmm. So all it did was amplified this terrible person that was mm-hmm. inside of her. This petulant yeah. kid. Freaking kid. Yeah. Yes. And, and people think money makes you bad. I'm a big believer that money just magnifies who you are. Mm-hmm. And she already wasn't a good person. Mm-hmm. I don't think she probably had the greatest morals. No. She's f- putting herself on the internet. She's doing drugs. She's, I mean, She's, she's cheating. Off she's, the handle. she's cheating. She's saying racial things. I mean, she's not a good person. She's clearly not a good person. And then you hand a person like that a bunch of money and she's what? How old is she? In her 20s. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just all it's a recipe for a freaking disaster. Yeah. The police tried to explain to her that they don't just issue restraining orders, that she'd actually have to go to the courthouse to get one. And they also explained that they can't just kick him out because he lives there. He's been living there just as long as she has. So they can't just remove him. And eventually the police leave. And within a couple hours, Courtney and Christian, by her own admission, worked things out and got back together. The very next day, April 3rd, police were called yet again. However, this time it was Courtney on the other end. Ma'am, listen to me. You need to stop screaming on the line and give me the address. I'm going to die. I can't feel my arm. 3101. I can't feel my arm. What's ma'am, what is the address? What's the address? What's the address? 3131. 3131, North East, Northeast, 7th Ave. Please, God, please. Come see my address. I'm going to Ma'am, is this a house apartment or a business? 12745, please buy me too. Is this a house apartment or a business? Baby, I'm so sorry. Baby. Ma'am, can you hear me? In the eyes. 
What do you mean he has a stab wound on his shoulder, ma'am? Yeah, he's bleeding from his shoulder. Rescue, this is PD physician Juliet. The caller, ma'am, hold on one moment. The caller advice here is 3131 Northeast 7 Avenue. 3131 Northeast 7 Avenue. The phone number is verified. The caller advice that, that her boyfriend has a stab wound. Okay, is this a house apartment or a business? So as you can hear, Christian is repeating himself in the background saying, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I can't feel my arms. I can't feel my arm. I got the goosebumps. Mm -hmm. It's it's like, it's stressful to even listen to. And then her, like, shut up. Can you imagine getting stabbed by your girlfriend and then she calls 911 and she's asking you for the address of the apartment that you both share. So as you're lying there bleeding to death, you have to give the address because this dumb broad doesn't remember where she lives. And she's screaming over everybody. Yes. And not not being conducive for a conversation to get help there. Like, right. Oh, what? and it gets worse. Well, and then also the fact that she said, sorry, that she says, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to come into play um, during her trial because that's she's admitting right? guilt and like regret. But when police arrived on the scene, they found Courtney sitting on the floor with Christian in her arms. He had lost a ton of blood as evidence throughout the entire apartment and Courtney's clothing. Her sweatpants that I think were white or cream before were stained red. They literally looked pink. Like it, it, it's almost hard to even look at it and see that they weren't pink if that makes sense like that's how stained they were they were completely red it's like the case you covered the other day with the mannequin mm -hmm. or you said you said that the that horrible picture looked like a mannequin mm -hmm. it's like it's almost like our, our body our the human brain can't allow you to realize what it is right can't like, accept similar. it yeah um she had blood on her face her hands and her feet as well so while paramedics were working on Christian, police, um, I, I believe they had her in handcuffs sitting on her balcony. And so somebody from another apartment tower next to her was, was able to actually record from that building. So you could see her sitting on the floor in her apartment. She appears to be on the balcony. She's sitting there completely covered in blood, and she's kissing her dogs. And her dogs are coming up and licking the blood off her face. This woman is a nutcase. When I saw that, I was just like, what? I'm sorry, what? Like, your boyfriend is in there dying, and you're just out here getting loved on by your dogs? It's so... I, I don't even have the words. I don't even have the words. So paramedics rushed Christian to the hospital and took Courtney to the station for questioning. And right after being read, her Miranda writes, this bitch has the audacity to say, quote, I was sitting here in a freaking puddle of my boyfriend's blood, making him feel like, you know, please do not give up on me. You know, I mean, I don't think I'm necessarily in trouble, end quote. She said those words. Not only did she victimize herself by saying, you know, I'm sitting in a 
puddle of my boyfriend's blood asking him not to give up, uh, not to give up on me, even though I caused all this. Mm -hmm. She never does say that. But then has the audacity to say, I don't think I'm necessarily in trouble. This girl has never had a timeout or a spanking, like, in a consequential way in her entire life. So according to Courtney, the day started out normally. She was doing laundry, chatting with her mom on the phone, watching a true crime podcast on YouTube. And Christian left to go take a walk around 1.15 p.m. to clear his head and grab a sandwich at Subway. Courtney went live on Instagram around 4 p.m. for about half an hour. And then when she was done, Christian had come back with sandwiches for both of them. But Courtney was upset because she realized while he was gone that he had at some point turned off his location sharing. So she wasn't able to see where he'd been for those few hours. Man, that is like such a sign of a toxic relationship, in my opinion. So I can understand why some people share locations like Life360 or whatever, you know, in the event that something happens, you know, just to make sure that everyone is okay. I actually just learned from a friend how vital that app was in like potentially saving the lives of some people because her grandma, I'm not going to say any names here, but her grandma was suffering from dementia. And this is like a total side note tangent, but I think it's important. The grandmother had been suffering from dementia. The family had been telling the doctors, listen, I don't think that she's well enough to live on her own, but they weren't willing to like refer her to a nursing home from what I understand. But she did have Life360 on her phone. So the grandmother's son, which would be my friend's dad, I know it gets confusing, but the grandmother's son basically saw that she had left her house and was concerned. So he called 911 to let them know like, hey, my grandma or my mom has dementia. She's driving. She shouldn't be driving. And then while he was on the phone with 911, because they were basically saying like, we can't pull her over just because she's driving. Like she'd have to do something wrong. While they're on the phone, he realized that she was going the wrong way down the interstate. And she, from the app, app, and then got an alert that there had been an abrupt stop indicating that she had crashed and she did crash and she died. But if it weren't for, I mean, obviously like had they just been able to, you know, intercede a moment sooner, maybe she wouldn't have lost her life. But it just, that goes to show you how valuable these types of apps can be if they're used in the appropriate way, not for a toxic reason like this, where she's obviously just trying to keep tabs on him. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. I completely agree with you, like, just for safety and everything else. But when it gets to the point where you're like, Why'd you turn your location off? Mm-hmm. What were you doing here? Like that's that that toxic side of things. That's where it's like a big red flag in my opinion. For sure. I agree. That is a very toxic way to use that app. But um, Courtney did say that Christian then turned his location back on, but that he asked her to do the same in return and she refused. So according to Courtney... This just enraged the mild-mannered Christian, and he grabbed her by the neck and pushed her down to the floor. Courtney said she then grabbed a knife from nearby, you know, on the floor, because everybody keeps their knives on the floor, and told him not to come any closer, but he charged towards her. And so she said that she threw the knife at him and she insisted that all she did was fling it at him. She just, she literally in the interrogation video, she's sitting there, 
she brings her hand up to right by her head and acts like she just kind of flicks the wrist to throw it at him. Reminds me of when I was in first grade and I drew a a little point on a person's drawing and it was clearly me drawing a penis. And I just said, it's a needle. I drew a needle going into him and I lied about it for like my whole life. Up until this moment. Well, I admitted it before this moment. But it's like a bullshit kids made up story. It's like you're so obviously was, lying. Do you think I was born yesterday? Yeah, I fall up a turnip truck. Like I, I, he, I, he charged me into the ground and I picked up a knife and I just tossed it at him. And it made this huge freaking uh, stab wound and he bled out and died. And it was all just like you didn't do anything, did you? Right. You might as well have said he just rolled over and accidentally rolled onto it. Right. I mean, literally, that's like as believable as yeah. your version of events. And then she doubled down by saying, quote, I for dang sure didn't stab him. That would be insane, end quote. Literally, that's what she said. Yes, Courtney, that would be insane. Yeah, and I didn't draw a penis on the kid's drawing in first grade. <laughs> I never had like a lunchbox full of penises, though, like super bad. See, I don't even know what to believe, so I'm just going to keep going. As Christian was bleeding profusely, Courtney, rather than call 911, called her mom and chatted with her for 13 minutes before she ever called 911. And this was crucial time that passed by that could have saved Christian's life. But unfortunately, Christian did not make it. And when Mm -hmm. Courtney was told he didn't make it, her reaction was on brand. I'll just say that. It was very on brand. Here's her reaction. We have to inform you that Christian did not make it. Okay. Um, unfortunately, the doctors did what they could. And Christian is dead. Yes. Oh, my God. This is not real, right? Okay. No, there's no fucking way. Christian died? Can I please have a hug? Am I allowed to do that in here? Sure. No, no, no. So yeah, she's asking them for a hug. She belongs in a mental asylum. Yeah. But not, well, she belongs in prison. Let's not give her the out of I'm insane. I shouldn't have said that. Because, let's reverse and delete. She belongs in prison. (laughs) But she also is nuts. But not like the kind of nuts where like you don't know what you're doing. No, she's just spoiled, out of control. She's toxic. She's dangerous. She's not insane. She's very mentally sound and competent. She knows right from wrong. She has shown regret, mm-hmm. but not necessarily regret like she wishes she could take it back. She shows regret that she's in trouble, that mm-hmm. she got caught. Sorry you got caught. Exactly. Now, at first, police were quick to assume that this was just a case of domestic violence gone tragically wrong, but that the abuser was Christian and that Courtney was defending herself. And this sparked an outrage among those who knew and loved Christian. It seemed too mm-hmm. obvious that this was an objectively attractive white blonde woman using her privilege to get away with killing a big black man. 
And then in June of 2022, just a couple months after Courtney stabbed Christian to death, she left Miami for good and bought a $1.4 million home in Texas with four bedrooms and four bathrooms so that she could be closer to her family. She seemed blissfully unfazed by what she had done and seemingly gotten away with. She also wired $1.2 million to her finance-savvy father for reasons we can only assume are nefarious in nature. But what I would like to know is how her dad accepted this $1.2 million and never once asked where it came from because he claims he had no idea that she was on OnlyFans. Okay, that's the part where it got weird. I was kind of wondering why is it weird that she wired him money if he's a finance-savvy guy and he's taking care of the money for mm-hmm. her or something. It got weird when you said he doesn't know she's an OnlyFans model and didn't say, well, How are you money? making all this money? Right. How are you living in a $10,000 a month apartment in Miami? Mm-hmm. How are you, where did all this come from? And you would know. Like, if your daughter was doing all this, like, how would you not know? I mean, people talk, too. So, like, yeah. we know... <laughs> of like local people who are on OnlyFans because people talk about it. Like friends of friends, it gets around. Eventually it's going to come back around to probably your family because that's, That's you know, that's just the way it goes. Mm -hmm. People talk. But then she ended up taking off for Hawaii and admitted herself into a rehabilitation facility for her drinking and PTSD. (laughs) Again, No real accountability. It's like, yeah, I have a problem with drinking, and I just have post-traumatic stress from that time I killed my boyfriend. Yeah, don't mind talking about doing the crime or Mm -hmm. all the domestic violence or doing blow. Yeah, I'm just going to take off for Hawaii and call it rehab. I'm a victim. Yeah. Um, Behind the scenes, Christian's family was busy raising money to hire a team of attorneys to get justice for Christian's untimely death. And they were successful in that effort and were able to gather enough evidence to charge Courtney with second-degree murder in the death of Christian Obumselli. So she was arrested on August 10th of 2022 and taken from Hawaii back to Miami. The medical examiner assigned to Christian's case has reported and testified that Christian's stab wound could only be caused by somebody stabbing him, that it could not have physically been caused by someone simply throwing or flinging a knife at someone. His stab wound was at least three inches deep and hit one of his arteries. And furthermore, there is so much evidence of abuse from Courtney towards Christian, but absolutely nothing that ever suggested Christian was anything but a victim of domestic violence. Her trial date has not been set yet, but I will be sure to keep you all updated once that trial begins. She's been charged with, like I said, second-degree murder, and in the state of Florida, that carries a potential sentence of life in prison if convicted. She claims that this was all in self-defense, but as we've seen in so many of the videos and texts obtained by law enforcement, the self-defense theory seems really unbelievable. Paired with the fact that her story of throwing the knife just did not add up, it would leave one to wonder why she ever felt the need to lie about that. So just to wrap this up, I really do hope that we see justice in this story. I think that this will hopefully bring light to the fact that, you know, domestic violence situations aren't only, you know, involving crimes against women, involving men against women. You know, oftentimes women can be just as abusive as a man. 
And so I think there's a stigma because men are afraid to speak out on it because it they fear it might risk their masculinity or For maybe sure. they're embarrassed or whatever or just afraid. But my God, please, if you are a man in a domestic Viol- domestically violent situation. I don't know how to say that, but please reach out, tell somebody, get help, get yourself out of that situation. Nobody deserves to live that way. Male, female, black, white, indifferent. It doesn't matter. You don't deserve to be in a situation like that. Get yourself out of it. You only, what you allow is what will continue. Yeah, that's well said. And also it should be a lesson of, and this is something that just annoys me in general. Toxic isn't cool. And we live in a culture right now where like, how many times do you hear people being like, oh, I'm so toxic and they think it's cool. Mm-hmm. They think it's funny. Yeah. They or, wear it as like a badge of pride of or honor. honor. Like, yeah, I'm yes. toxic. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Or, and they think that, oh, we kind of have a toxic relationship, but we love each other. Like toxic's not cool. You should run from that. Yes. And you should not want to be involved with that. And it sucks that we live in a in a time in mm-hmm. this situation where in in the world where toxic behavior saying i'm toxic is a cool thing mm-hmm. it's just mind blowing like yeah. how did we get here i think that the tides are changing a little bit and that people are way more aware of being you know offensive or hurting feelings or this or that but um but i definitely do think that a lot of especially young people say that they're toxic and just think that it's funny. It's almost like they're shtick, like, you know, I'm so toxic. And Mm -hmm. it's like they, they use it as a way of trying to get people to like them because they think that it'll get people to like them Mm -hmm. or they think that it's entertaining, but it's not like it's embarrassing. You should be embarrassed. Yes. And it's, and, and if it's relatable, and then guess what? Both of you are idiots. Yeah. Like if you're hanging out with somebody and you're like, I'm toxic. And they're like, Haha, me too. And you're together both, we're just super toxic. We're double toxic. You're double idiots. It's yeah. dumb and dumber. Ren exactly. and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy. Man, anyway. crazy. Good job. That's a wild. All I knew was a little like 30, 40 second clip from the guy talking about it. No, yeah. it goes so much deeper. I feel, I just hate this story for him and I hate yes. it for his family. But I really, really hope that this um, you know, brings light to this type of situation. And I think it's also kind of ironic. I'm going to get petty for a second and I'm going to just admit that this is petty, but I love that her looks have changed dramatically since entering prison. And that's what you would expect when you're not getting like regular lashes and lip injections and your hair done all the time. But she looks like a completely different person. Like the person that you see in the orange jumpsuit is not making 1.8 million a year on OnlyFans. I can tell you that right now. But, you know, some people, they're ugly on the inside and it manifests towards the outside. And that is very much what happened here. Once you strip away all that fake shit, you see her for exactly what she is. And that's an ugly, toxic nightmare. Man, and that's on period. <laughs> Mama, <laughs> mystery, out. Bye. Bye.